Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Truth. I hope you're enjoying our new format. Today's broadcast is on errors and omissions. Those of you in professional services might have purchased this insurance, Errors and Omissions Insurance, colloquially known as malpractice insurance. And we all make errors, don't we? We make errors of commission. We make errors of omission. In the church, sins are sins of both omission and commission for what that's worth. But we learn. You know, as we grow older, as we mature, as we experience things, we learn that what we thought was true isn't. And if we perpetuate the untruth just out of circumstance or out of tradition or out of habit, we're making a serious error. For for a long time, Pluto was a planet, besides being Mickey Mouse's dog, as I recall. And now they say it just isn't. For a long time, we scoffed at those of long ago who used leeches to help bleed people, to try to remedy maladies. Today, guess what? Hospitals are using leeches again. They have restorative qualities in wounds. And so, some things were true, not true, and then true again. A lot of you, of course, never went into the water within an hour of eating a meal because you'd get cramps, drown, and die, even in a kiddie pool. Of course, a lot of people never learned to swim because they never stopped eating, but that's a story for another day. Food is good and food is bad and food is good again. And whether it's eggs or it's meat or it's seasonings, it comes under attack and then it's restored that it comes under attack again. Usually when I'm in a restaurant and I'm given choices, I ask the server, what is the worst thing for me? And I choose that. I've often ordered a bowl of gluten and stopped the conversation. When you skid in your car, which is unfortunately rather common here in the Northeast during the winter, your tendency is to turn in the opposite direction, which is actually the worst thing you can do. And although that's what your muscle skill set tends to do, if you engage your brain, you steer into a skid. And if you steer into a skid, you have far more control. So we make errors sometimes out of lack of knowledge and sometimes out of habit and sometimes because we're stubborn. I walked off the stage once after making a speech about strategy and there were people lined up to ask me questions, as is always the case, and I don't mind chatting with them so long as I don't have a plane to catch. And a woman asked me about an approach to strategy. And I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Where did you get it? And she said, from your book right here. And this was a book I had written about 25 years earlier. And I said, oh, that book. I said, well, things have changed since then. I was doing a workshop about, oh, I don't know, a year or so ago. And of the 30 people in the room, one person was someone I hadn't seen for eight years. They used to be a, a member of my community. I used to run into them often virtually on my forum, sometimes in workshops. Hadn't seen them for eight years, and here they decided to come back. And so, during the workshop, I was asked a question by someone else, and I replied, and this guy suddenly shot up, and he said, you advised me eight years ago to do the exact opposite of that. I said, yeah, I was wrong. And that pretty much punctured his balloon, took all the wind out of his sails. Nothing wrong with being wrong, if you admit it, right? Uni, by the way, I'll put a pitch in here for this, is a delicacy. It's a Japanese food. I think it comes from, what, abalone or something. Not avocado, I know that. Uh, And it's got a strange texture, which throws people off. 
but it is a delicious, delicious delicacy. Most people are wrong about it. People leave bosses, not companies. You know, for years early in my consulting career, when there was high attrition, we would look at hygiene factors. We would look at money. We would look at things around the company and decide what had to be changed. What had to be changed was just about two people who were driving everybody away. It's a different kettle of fish today. Nothing can be error-proof, especially you and I. But we can be resilient. If something is causing discomfort, an error we made, commission or omission, then we should apologize. We should correct it, ask if there's anything else we can do that's within our power and is reasonable, and then move on. We can't let errors and omissions drive us into a funk or keep us perpetually depressed. But we should atone. We should show remorse. We should try to fix things if they are fixable, learn from it, and move on. In any case, we can improve ourselves from it and move on. And that's what resilience is about. When I was uh, going out on my own, I realized that through most of my professional life, I had been selling boxes of materials, seats in workshops, hours or days to spend on a site or to coach people. And when I went out on my own, I realized that this wasn't the way I wanted to live. It wasn't the way I wanted to make money. It wasn't the way I wanted to be seen. And I decided I would change and just charge by value. I would charge for the results I created and I would get commitment that the results I was promising were reasonable for the client and for me from the buyer. And what do you know, that worked because a lot of people do make value-based purchases anyway. Nobody buys a Picasso based on how many hours he took to paint it or how long Beethoven took to record something. And consequently, value-based fees took off. And by the early to mid-90s, a million-dollar consulting came out in 1992, uh, I had pioneered value-based fees, at least for the consulting profession and some related professional services. I realized I had been making an error before. Even though the error was under someone else's domain, I was an employee, nonetheless, I could fix it when I worked for myself. I also learned not to listen to colleagues' investment advice. I was part of a consulting association at one point, and a very nice guy who occasionally I had dinner with at a convention and who seemed to be a, a really bright bulb bragged to me about the investment he had made in a new stock and how much money, and there was another new one like it coming up. And he said to me, invest in this. If it doesn't do what you expect it to do, what I'm telling you it will do in six months, I'll buy it back from you. Well, there's a guarantee. And so I put $15,000 of my money into the stock, which not only went nowhere, it dug a tunnel and went subterranean. And after six or seven months, when I got back to him, he suddenly became unavailable. And I learned my fault. Don't listen to the advice of people who don't know what they're talking about. He wasn't an investment advisor. And since then, I've gotten not one, not two, but three ace investment advisors to whom I listen. And when they all agree, I tend to also. So the key to all this is having high self-esteem, that we have high self-esteem. We can admit to our errors and explore them and learn from them, share them with others so others can learn from them and others can give us some feedback on what happened when we trust them. And the key to that kind of self-esteem is vulnerability, to be willing to share. I made an error. Too, too many people share only victories. You know, uh, on my forums, uh, alansforums.com, 
Sometimes people who never otherwise show up just show up to brag about something, and I delete it because my policy, my stated policy, is I don't allow for drive-by bragging. If you're going to be there, tell us about the warts, tell us about the problems, and then you can tell us about the highlights as well. I've had clients, such as Mercedes-Benz, you know, and Hewlett-Packard, tell me how to consult, and I've disabused them of that notion. I've told them that is an error, and I will not join them in that error. I will not tell them how to make measuring equipment or computers, or I won't tell them how to make brake pads. Don't tell me how to consult. You called me in for a reason, and I'm the expert. I've had people tell me how to coach them. They have an issue they can't resolve themselves, and yet they're going to tell me how they're best coached. They have no idea how they're best coached. And I tell them that's not going to work. You pay me, and we do it my way, my way or the highway. I don't want them to make another error and certainly not drag me down with them. If you aren't afraid, then you won't make as many errors and you will learn from them. But I have found, my friends, that most people make errors because they're afraid. They're afraid to speak up. Most errors come from fear. And they're afraid at the moment to do something or to refrain from doing something that someone else asks them or suggests or pushes them toward. And so my message to you today on the uncomfortable truth is errors and omissions are a way of life, but we can learn from them, we can improve from them, and we can reduce them if we're not afraid to be vulnerable, to be open, to learn, and to believe in ourselves, which is what self-worth is all about. And unfortunately, that's the uncomfortable truth. I'll see you next time. I'm Alan Weiss. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.